Okay, so we're gonna continue on, and I literally, I'm not joking, we are completely messed up on time, and our, our tech team's gonna go nuts because I'm probably not gonna follow anything that I have put down on paper that we're gonna follow. <laughs> so um, if they're a little late with a slide or a scripture, then just please forgive them. All right, let me just, I'm just gonna roll, okay? Um, I wanna start with this, Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's. In fact, while I'm doing this, why don't you take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter three, okay? Proverbs chapter three. But here's the beginning point of everything, actually, but for today, for our message today, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So how much is the Lord's? Everything. So the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and then watch this, the world and all its people belong to him. So um, question, what doesn't belong to God? Nothing, okay, Romans eleven thirty five 35 says this, who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever, amen. Now I've asked you to jump over to Proverbs chapter three and really the, the, the bullseye for our discussion today is verse nine and 10. So if our tech team can make sure we get to verse nine and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Do you believe that? Amen. See, a lot of people don't. A lot of people think that this is just um, some kind of saying that you see in the Bible, but it doesn't really apply, and they wrestle with the truth of that. They don't wrestle with 3, 5, and 6, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If I were to, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 goes like this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your ability to understand. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and what will happen? If you do those things, he will make straight paths for your feet. He will direct your path. Do you believe that? And every, all God's people said, amen. We all believe, absolutely. If you trust in the Lord and don't trust in your ability to understand, and you give it to God, he will direct your steps. Even though, I don't know what my next step is, but I know if I trust the Lord, he'll provide me the next step. You can go to the bank with that, right? 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 You can obligate God to that, right? You can tell somebody else to testify of the goodness of the Lord in your life, and you can tell them when they've lost their way, don't worry, you just trust in the Lord. Acknowledge his ways, serve him with everything you have, and he'll, and trust him to direct your steps. You can obligate God to that. But when was the last time you obligated God to this? Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crop. You know what that means? That means you give to God first. That's what that means. Honor the Lord with what you have. Give to him first. 
Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. And how many people, how many of God's people are like, yeah, well, mm, I can trust five and six of Proverbs three. I can't trust nine and 10. And so they don't give to the Lord the first fruits or they don't give to the Lord at all. They're not generous to the Lord at all. Why would, they, why would they hesitate? Well, because sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes people who do give first fruits to the Lord are struggling financially. It doesn't seem that their barns are open and, and full and overflowing. How do you answer that, Phil? And the, question, the answer is, I really don't know. But that's not the discussion for today. Those things you leave to the Lord why do bad, any bad things happen to any good people? Does it mean any, because those things happen in our world, does it mean that this isn't true? You all went silent on me. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the fruit, first fruits of all your crops. If you do that, your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Do you know that this is the only thing in the Bible that, that God says, hey, by the way, test me on this. Put me to the test. Put me first and see what I do for you. <laughs> Some of you are, you're, right now, you're, you're, your faces are saying, oh, no. Prosperity gospel, preacher, here we go. He's gonna ask us for a bunch of money and he's gonna promise us that we're gonna be rich. No, I'm not. God is. <laughs> Malachi chapter three, verse 10, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Oh, man, are we in it now? Today's theme is this, giving to the one who has everything. Giving to the one who has everything. Um, it's kind of like when you give to God, if we understand that God owns it all and everything belongs to him, when you give to God, isn't that a little weird? It's like giving, you ever try to give to your dad you know, it's Father's Day again, and you call mom. Mom, what does dad need? What does she always say? Come on. He doesn't need anything. He goes out and buys whatever he wants. <laughs> you ask dad, dad, what do you want for your birthday? Oh, don't, I don't need anything. How do you give to God? How do you give to the one who owns everything? And Why? Our sub-themes today are this, obedience, faith, and generosity. Those are the sub-themes, if you wanna write those down, that we're gonna be talking about as I interview a really good friend of First Baptist Church and a really personal friend of mine. Um, Jim Bigler basically grew up in this church, met his wife Heidi, and they got married in 1984, on August the 4th, 1984, the same day Robin and I got married, different ends of the United States, but we got married together on the same day. 
They have three children, Brett, Nick, and Allie, all love the Lord, raising their families, serving the Lord down in Indianapolis. Uh, Jim is the CEO of Lee Master Steel um, here in town. Um, and until, just until recently, has been a member of First Baptist Church for 49 years. They're now living down in Indianapolis where all their kids are and loving being grandparents and, and living down there. We miss you guys uh, for being up here, but uh, would you help welcome Jim back to church today um, to the platform. So. Love you, man. Glad you're here. Heidi, Heidi just waved to everybody. She's down there, sitting down there in the front. And um, so Jim, 49 years of ministry here at the church, and um, uh, you have been a great friend to First Baptist Church, actually a, a great friend to the Lord in the way that you have served. You've been a, an example to me. You have been an advisor and um, a supporter of two different pastors um, serving in, well, three, actually. I don't know. Did you serve as a deacon under Pastor Graham? No? I was too young. You are too young back then? <laughs> um, actually, Pastor you... Pastor Blodgett was here a long time. Yeah, <laughs> 21 years. And um, you served as a, you're, you're a really great friend and support to pastors and um, served as a chairman of the deacons. Uh, you've headed up, you headed up the building committee, right, that built this building, um, did an amazing job with that when we relocated. And um, I've asked Jim to come because I heard him tell a story um, of how God worked in his life in this thing of giving to the Lord and giving generously to the Lord and turning that into a lifestyle. And um, I want you to hear this story. For You're, you're going to understand for multiple reasons. So I'm just going to turn you loose, brother, and um, just tell the story of how God has, how he worked and how he led. All right. First of all, it's really nice to be here. It's, it's home. It felt so good as we drove up the entrance today. Heidi and I both said, man, this just feels so good driving in here it'll always be home so to phil's point um a number of years ago i was a young man i was in my early to mid 30s and was right where a lot of you younger families are today um, you're into your home you've got a car to pay for we had three little kids we got clothes to buy you know all this we have all this going on and at that point in time, I was paying my bills and hoping that when I got done, that I had a little bit left that I could pop into the offering plate on Sunday when it went around. And that's how we were, I was living and managing our money. And one Sunday evening, an older man, who was, his name is Jim Perry, he was a member of this church and still is for many, many years, Jim stood up on a Sunday evening, and he told his story. And he told about when he was 35 and how he was doing just what I was doing. And he heard a gentleman speak, and that man talked about the importance of tithing. And when you get paid every week or every two weeks, whenever it is, that you sit down and you write your first check for 10%. And you give that to the Lord. And then you sit down and you go about paying your bills. But it, 
the, the matter was obedience and faithfulness and trusting to the Lord. And it's hard to trust the Lord with your money. It is. It was for me. But I remember sitting there that night and thinking, he's talking just to me. This is me. This is what I'm doing. It's where I'm at. And he challenged me through his words. And from that point forward, um, I talked to Heidi, and we just decided this is what we're going to do. We're going we're to start tithing the way the Lord has asked us and instructed us to tithe. And we have done that ever since. And that has changed our lives in many, many ways. And we've been blessed in many ways. And to be honest with you, I don't even know what all those ways are. Um, it can be health. It can be with your kids and them staying out of trouble. It, it, go on and on. But um, I would challenge you, if you're in that boat, to take the step of faith and to be obedient with God. It's all his. Um, he, he gives us what we have, and we need to give back the portion of 10% to him. Now, I, the other day, you, when we were talking about this, this is what you said. Somebody taught me to write a check first mm -hmm. to the Lord and then to trust God for the rest. Now, can I just time out for a second and talk about this? Um, some of you are already, you've heard him use the word tithe, and some of you are already going, that's legalism. That's an Old Testament thing. Tithing, 10%. Tithing means 10%, right? The tithe is 10%. Well, there was a tithe that the people of God were to give, and they were required to give that to the Lord. Do you know what? We don't live under the law. We live in a time of grace. We live in a time where we go above and beyond the law. And so it is not, New Testament giving isn't necessarily the tithe. I think, personally, and we have taught, I've heard you teach, Pastor Blodgett, that tithing is like a starting point. Tithing is a great place to start. 10% of what you get from working, you give to the Lord. The first fruits is what we were talking about, and honoring the Lord with your wealth in that way, but it's not just about the tithe, right? That's correct. Right? It's that is about correct. giving, and we're talking about, remember our sub-themes are generosity, one of the sub-things is generosity. Obedience, are you willing to do and be obedient to what God has asked you to do? Trust him and be generous with what you have. Talk to us about that. I have been fortunate in my life to be surrounded by some very godly men who were very generous. Um, I was blessed in that way. God put me in different positions where I got to be mentored. Um, as I was talking with Phil the other day, he asked me to tell a few stories, and I, I told him one. And I haven't told many people this story ever, but um, I worked for a company called Lee Master Steel Erectors, and Bob Lee Master was my partner and the majority owner of the business, and he was a very generous man. And I'll give you a little story. Shortly after I became president, we were in a recession and things were hard and the company didn't have much money. And so we spent a couple of years after that working our way out and getting on top of things and the Lord blessed us and um, 
we were able to accumulate a little bit of cash in the company. And in my mind, I'm thinking, great, um, we can save a little for a rainy day. We can buy some equipment. We need forklifts. We need cranes. We need man lifts. That's what we do. And um, I was pleased that we got to that point. And one day, Bob called me up, and he said, Jim, um, how much money do we have in the bank? And I told him, and he said, that's great. I'll be in tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. I want to talk to you. And I thought, this will be good. Um, we can talk about buying stuff. And um, hear Bob talk about just the way that the Lord has blessed us as we've come out of the recession and gotten to this point. So anyway, the next day Bob comes in and he said, I was so excited when you told me the amount of money we had in the bank. And I said, that's nice. What do you have in mind? And he said, I want to give it all to the Jesus film. I said, what what are you supposed to say to that? I said, Bob, um, you know, we've gone through a recession. We haven't been able to buy some stuff, and we have some needs in the company. And I'm not sure if that's really a good idea. I'm, I'm good with giving, and maybe we should give some of that. And he goes, no, we're going to give all of it. And then he looked at me and he said, how are Heidi and the kids doing? <laughs> so that conversation was over. And I walked down to our controller's office and I told him to write a check for everything we had and send it to the Jesus film. A couple days later, I got a call from our banker. And he called me and he said, Jim, um, a check just came through here, a Lee Master check, and it's made out to something called the Jesus film. And I looked at your account, and it's all the money that you have. Is somebody stealing from you, or what is going on here? And I said, no, Steve, that's a corporate decision that we have made. And as Bob, and he knew Bob, I said, as Bob left my office, he looked at me and he said, Jim, there are people all over the world who need to hear about Jesus more than we need another crane. That is giving generously, and that's what I learned from Bob. That profoundly shaped you, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it, it changed my me, perspective on a lot of things. Can you? You have to tell them. You guys okay? I got people walking out. <laughs> They're going to to serve. Okay, in the next place of service. Yeah. Um, you have to tell that other story. Can you tell that other story about the before that one? when you guys didn't have any money in the bank? <laughs> so that story, we, we did have money to give. There was another time, the Great Recession of 2008, 9, and 10, and we've all, we all live that, those of us in life and business owners and the church, and it was tough. And our business was really struggling. There were no buildings to be built, we were losing money every month. We had a line of credit with a bank that we had maxed out. Everybody had taken a pay cut. 
Things were bad. Bob calls me up. Uh Uh-oh. Jim, can I come in and see you tomorrow? Sure. So he comes in, and he goes, how are things going? And I told him all just I told you, and he goes, hmm. Um, I need you to call our bank, and I need you to tell them that we need to borrow a sum of money. And I said, Bob, we can't. We, we can't borrow any money. We don't have it. And I said, what do you have in mind? Did you find a crane or did you find a piece of equipment that somebody has got to sell cheap because they're bellying up? Or, you know, what are you thinking? And he said, you know that we as a company support missionaries and Christian organizations across the country. And I'm getting calls from people that count on us, that we support, and they're dying on the vine. And they might have to shut down their ministries. We have some missionaries that may need to come home because nobody has money to give. And I feel very strongly that we're going to help them out. So I want you to call Sean, the banker, and tell him this. So I called Sean. I asked him if he could come out and see me the next day, and he said, sure. So he came out, and I told him that we needed to borrow some money and he asked why, and I, he said, I'm assuming you're going to buy some equipment or, you know, something for the company. And I said, I wish I could tell you that, but actually we're going to give it away. And he gave me this look like, okay. Um, I've never had that question asked of me before by a company that's in your position that you don't have any money and you can't borrow any more money to borrow money to give away. I don't, I can't do that, Jim. And I said, well, I've been told by Bob that I can't take no for an answer, so what's our next step? (laughs) And he said, well, I can go home and I can talk to the president of our bank and see what he says. So he did that and he called me back and he said, he said no. And I said, well, that's not the answer that I'm wanting to hear, right? I can't tell Bob. No, I just can't. He, he doesn't take no very well. So I said, what other options do we have? And he said, there's a board of directors meeting Friday. I said, if you want me to, I'll take it to them. I said, Sean, would you please do that? Tell them who we are. Just be up front with them. Tell them what we want to do with that money and see what they say. He said, I've never done this. Try it. So he did. And he came back out to my office on Monday and he said, Jim, I can't believe this, but I sat there in front of that board on Friday and I told your story and these guys all looked at me like I was crazy. And then I saw a couple groups of heads start talking and one of the guys there looked at me and said, We've, there's no precedent for this. We've never had anybody ask to borrow money that's broke to give it away. And since there's no precedent we're going to approve this loan. And so we did that. And the Lord has blessed immeasurably um, through those people that we were able to help in their time of need. It took us a few years um, to get back on our feet, but we just felt like we were being obedient to the Lord, and Bob and I both felt like that is what the Lord wanted us to do, to spread his word and to keep his ministries alive all over the world at that time. 
when Jim was telling me this the other day, this story, I'm like, Jim, you, we have got to tell this story to the congregation. And he goes, we can't tell this story to the congregation. I, I think you're the only third person I've ever told that story to. He goes, Bob won't let me tell that story to the congregation. I said, just call him up. I won't take no for an answer. I live in the middle of that. <laughs> but this is what he said to me. He goes, all I know, Phil, is because philosophically, your company believed that God was, you had a company in order to glorify God, right? Not so that you could get rich. The company belongs to the Lord. Yeah. It's not ours. And you told me, this is what he said. He said, I ran the company, Bob gave it away. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, how did that fundamentally affect you and your family? So, you were sitting in a church service like this, Jim Perry is telling about when he was 35, and the adjustment they made in their life to honor the Lord with the first fruits, to honor the Lord first with their wealth and trust the Lord for the rest. You began to do that, you took that step. God put you into a company where the, the owner of the company is leading you at, by example on how to be generous with everything that you have, including your company. So you personally and corporately, you're learning to give generously to the Lord then that fundamentally changed you and put you in a position for God to use you and your family in a very special way. And I'm just gonna pause right here and tell you, Jim doesn't want to tell you this story. And I said, Jim, you have to tell the people. He goes, I don't want to tell the people because it's not about us. And I said, I know it's not about you. And he said, but I don't want people to think that we think we're all that and everything else and did get any glory or any praise for what we did. We just did with the Lord. So I'm preemptively striking on this, okay? I'm giving you um, some information that Jim doesn't want to tell this story, but I said, Jim, you have to tell this story. Not to, in a boastful way. You get that, right? Everybody okay with that? He's, tell, he's telling what God laid on his heart, so now you can just relax and just tell us how the Lord worked in you with that Jesus film thing. So when you give it up to the Lord and you put your trust in him with all things, you start to see life and people and situations in a different perspective. And while I love building buildings and seeing buildings and, and taking delight in buildings that we have built, that's not the end game. Um, the end game is we're building those buildings so people can run businesses and and they can make money and some of those businesses are Christian businesses and they're doing the same thing and the kingdom of God is big and we all need to participate in it and we all need to help each other with it um, back to the Jesus film a number of years later um, Bob and Carolyn invited Heidi and I to go down to North Carolina to a Jesus film information weekend and to talk about the ministry and what was going on and what was happening and needs that they have and new things that were being developed that would help spread the word of God all over the world. And they had a, a young man came up who was a, a techie young guy and, and he had this new product that they could show the Jesus film in every language all over the world and they, had a, they developed a solar battery 
that would run this little projector, and they had the screen that was very compact and all fit into a backpack. And Heidi's sitting there, and she elbows me, and she said, this is for Matt. And I've heard Matt say, you know, this rock crime ministry, he goes on, he's got, he wants to show the Jesus film, but he's got this big projector, and he's got this big generator he's got to get out to the bush, and he's got to get cans of diesel fuel to fill the generator full of fuel and how hard it was. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there hearing this, of this thing that he can put in a backpack and take, and take out to Zimbabwe when he goes to rock cry. And so we call Matt, and I said, Matt, what do you think about this? And he said, oh, That'd be the best. And so I saw Matt this morning. And I said, Matt, are you still using the Jesus film projector thing? And he goes, Jim, we use that. Every time we go, people are using it all over the world. And thousands and thousands of people have been saved and have come to know the Lord through the impact of the Jesus film that we are able to show them. And so that goes full circle you watch the kingdom of God and you just, once you jump in and get involved and you see him start to work and you start over here and all of a sudden the Lord is taking it to here and to here and to here and it comes full cycle and it's just awesome to see the Lord work when you're obedient and you jump in and you be faithful. Amen. Amen. I don't even know how to wrap this up. Because we, we were going to develop a whole bunch of stuff, and we're not there, Jim. We're not going to get there. But I, why would you have Jim get up here and tell this story, Phil? Here's why. What I see in his story is a man who's trying to lead his family well, a man who loves God. You came to Christ when you were eight years old, right? And you gave your heart to the Lord, and you're a businessman. You're trying to do what's right, and a seed was planted in him of obedience, trust, and generosity. Jim, will you be obedient and give the first fruits to the Lord? Trust God, because this is what you said. You got excited at that point to sit down at the table, because you did it with your kids, right? You sit down with the table and say, okay, kids, I just got paid. I'm writing my check to the Lord and we can't wait to see what God's gonna do to provide everything we need with the rest. So you learned how to trust the Lord at a very small point, and then God began to grow that generosity in you through your family, through your business, and, and, and beyond in order to even provide something. God lays it on your heart because you're already giving to him. You're like, we can do this. We're gonna give it to the Lord. The Lord gives you money so that you can give money and you give to the Lord and now hundreds and thousands of people are hearing the gospel, coming to Jesus Christ because God has been generous to you. This is what the scripture says. I'm not making this up. This is what Jesus said. Give and it will be given to you Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Paul said to the people at Ephesus, he said, we should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Did you hear that? Anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? <laughs> it is a joy. 
um, to see the Lord work and to see how he provides and grows what you've been involved in, and he just takes it to a totally different level. And I was talking to um, Allie's husband, Jonathan, our son-in-law. He's a youth pastor down where we go to church in Indianapolis. And I was talking with him about this just yesterday. And he said, Jim, God is a giving God. He gives us more than we deserve. He's constantly giving to his children. God created us in his image. And if we're a reflection of God, then what should we be? We should be givers, just like our Father. It's mm. a good word. Well, thank you for being willing to come and share. And um, thank you for your, the investment that you have made into this ministry all the years that you have been here. We miss you guys a lot. But we know that God is going to, he's not done with you, right? I hope not. <laughs> He's not done with you, and I know that he's going to use you guys down there very powerfully um, in the church that you're at down in Indianapolis. But I want to thank you for sharing that because what I know is that we all need to hear of obedience, of trust, and of giving your life generously. And you have modeled that for us, and I pray that you'll continue and ask God to bless you in all that you're going to do from this point on. Would you, thank you. help me thank him for coming. Thank you. I'm sorry that we're, it's kind of an awkward ending here, um, but we're, we have another service coming in, and uh, we need to get ready for that. We'll do better on time management in the second service. It's not, it'd be a mistake for you to walk out of here and think that this service was just about giving money. It's not. All the way through from the very beginning and all of our song time and everything we've been discussing is about generosity, living our lives out loud, extravagantly for the Lord. Everything we have, giving it for the Lord. Some of us have a lot. What are you doing with it? Some of us have a little. What are you doing? You know, in the Bible, there are all kinds of examples that we have that God wrote down of giving, of people giving generously with what they have. All the way from rich Barnabas in the church, at the very beginning of the church. He was rich. He had lands and he had money. Remember the story where he sold a piece of property and he brought it in and he brought all the money that he made on the property and just gave it to the Lord's work. Remember that? All the way to Jesus pointing out the widow who gave and he praised her for giving her little might, the widow's might, a couple of cents. And Jesus praised her because he said, look at her, look at her, she's giving all she has. We hear the story of the Macedonian Christians who heard about the need over in Jerusalem and these are brand new believers who were poor because of persecution. They didn't have anything. And the scripture says that they gave not of their wealth. They gave of their poverty. They gave out of their poverty. They gave out of what they didn't have. They were, they were going to the bank and borrowing money that they, didn't, that they couldn't borrow because they were already maxed out and said, well, we need to give it away. There's a need in Jerusalem. 
And their bankers were going, you're out of your mind. Yeah, well, we trust in the Lord. Amen. And we're being obedient to what he's led us to do. It's all about generosity with our lives, living our lives out loud for the Lord. I wrote this down to close with. What would the church look like if every person here was obedient to what God had lays on your heart to do and extravagant going all in for God and for his church? Extravagant in our worship. I mean, what would our worship experiences look like if we all came in here and just ready to go and all in and extravagant in our worship. What would those experiences look like? Extravagant, investing ourselves into each other. You know, we just started up the whole life group season again. What would it look like if every single one of us invested ourselves, didn't just attend a life group, but actually invested in a life group? What would happen as a result of that? Do you know what would happen? All of our needs would be met. Our physical needs, our emotional needs, our spiritual needs, because we'd be taking care of each other, the body, using the gifts that God has given. I could go on and on about our gifts, using our gifts for the Lord in the church. What would it look like if every single one of God's people was all in using their gifts for the Lord and serving the church, serving the church body? You know what, you know what would be a result of that? We would never ask for volunteers. In fact, there'd be a waiting list. There'd be a waiting list for somebody to die so you can have their spot. That's what it would be like. Or we'd have to start new campuses to give more opportunity for people to serve. What if every single person, every single believer was obedient and generous with their lives in our community? And serving those in our community? And sharing Jesus in our community? What would that look like? I can tell you what it would look like. We could not contain all the people that would be coming to First Baptist Church to learn how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, a growing, living example of the Lord Jesus Christ and magnifying their life out in the world. We'd see a revival like you. I'm talking about every believer, not just the First Baptist Church. Every believer, if every believer was all in, obedience and generosity. Wow. Extravagance in the kingdom means surplus. Give in a way that honors the Lord with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Let's stand together as I close and send you out. I just want to give you some tools, okay? You all right with that? We have um, two opportunities for you. We have a, this, this book has really helped me. I've read it multiple times. It's called The Treasure Principle. Um, we have these available out at the Connection Point. You can stop by there and, uh, and pick one up if you would like to get going on this. And you, maybe you're saying, this is kind of new stuff to me. I haven't ever given to the Lord. And what is that all about? This helps you with that. There might be some here that are upside down. And that happens to us sometimes. And we have a thing called Financial Peace University that we're going to be offering starting on October the 3rd. Um, you can jump into that. You can get more information either on our website or you can stop at the Connection Point and get more information. I would encourage you to take that. I wish, I wish, 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 before I got married, I had 
an opportunity to go through Financial Peace University. It would have changed the way we give. It would have changed the way we save. It would have changed the way we manage the things that God has given to us and stewarded his finances. I think that's all <laughs> I have. Um, we're we're going to receive an offering from you at the back. If you want to give towards the baskets for officer appreciation, they're at the back. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray that you'll strengthen us on our way out of this place, that we will be people who are all in for you, that we'll be obedient in the things that you have made clear from your word that we need to adjust in our lives, that we will trust you in our obedience, and then we'll be generous with everything we have. Use us, Lord. We're, we're in some pretty crazy days, and we need to live our lives out loud for you, a magnification of Jesus Christ through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, my friends, as you go. Thank you so much for joining us for this morning's online service. Our hope is that it ministered to your heart deeply, and we pray that it inspires you to love God, love people, and influence our world with the gospel of Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today, or you'd like prayer in your life, we'd invite you to fill out an online connection card by clicking on the link. If you haven't downloaded our church app yet, now's a great time. It has tons of resources and opportunities that you can take advantage of. Finally, you can check out our website, fbclcart.org, to stay connected with us. We hope you have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you right back here next week, same time.